Welcome to Career Tools. This week, how to proofread. You'll love it. Here we go. Wendy, you and I look at documents all the time. We're consistently amazed at the poor quality in terms of literally quality, not the writing, but of the accuracy the of the documents. And the grammar and all yeah, that some of that is email, some of that is texting, some of that mm-hmm. is instant messaging and so on. But anyway, um, we generally feel that you, ha- you have to produce documents that are correct. That's right. right. Especially resumes, because that's supposed to be your right. best work. Right. And we see crap all the time. Indeed. Um, in fact, we recently read an article where a guy said, I won't hire you. There's certain understanding about English as a second language mm-hmm. people, but if you can't put together a correct, accurate, correctly spelled sentence, grammatically correct, and so on, uh, he won't hire you because he says it's suggestive of critical thinking skills and paying attention to accuracy and so on. Um, so we need to teach people how to proofread in order to make the documents that they create for other people, including email, accurate. How do they do it? Okay, so we've got six points. First of all, set up Word or whatever um, word processor you're using to help you. Yes. Don't let it check grammar. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's not as smart as your back grammar. Uh, okay. Um, Even for, for somebody... Well, okay. We'll let you... We'll let you, uh, you can explain that one to me. Okay? Read backwards. Yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> uh, carefully choose the time and place to proofread. Yes. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of common mistakes, right? Yeah. Let's look for the common mistakes and then have someone else help you. Yeah. That, that's my second favorite is have someone else help you. Good. Okay. So you said set word up to help you. Word is a common, obviously Microsoft word, although you could use any of the other word processors mm-hmm. as well. Um, how do we recommend people do that? Well, the first thing to do is check that you're in the right dictionary. And I kept, I couldn't work out why I was having problems last week. And it turned out somehow I'd managed to change my dictionary to Australian. And it wasn't, it was coming up with all these, these mistakes um, or not yeah. mistakes. And I was trying to write in American and I need help with that anyway. Right. And so having it in Australian really wasn't helping It made you me. cooler though. It did make me cooler. Yeah. And okay. I drank beer and yeah. know, had yeah. one of those court caps right. and all those things. Good. Okay. Um, so if you go into, on, on the current, the issue of word that I have, it's under tools and spelling and grammar. And then you can change the custom dictionary right. to the country that you want. And then if you allow word to correct the spelling as you type... That will mean you have less spelling to look for at the end. So yeah, that, now, do that you do that? You. I do, but I also carefully check that it hasn't wrongly corrected words or, you know. Yeah, I, I've actually, in the last five years, changed that, and I don't want it to change it. I don't, don't auto-correct uh, unless it's one that I've specifically chosen. And part of that is because it often will correct things in ways that I know are incorrect, mm-hmm. um, or it'll change a spelling that I use frequently into a word that it thinks I mean, when in fact, I don't mean that word. Um, so I actually leave it off in part because I type fast. Mm-hmm. I want to type fast. I know what I want to say. Um, and I don't care if it's misspelled because I'm willing to go back through it. Um, but I don't want to think, oh, look, there are no errors in that, when in fact, I know darn well. Their errors. So either way could work, but you you choose to let it correct automatically. I, I, I think I I do one draft and then one set of editing and then I'm done. Yeah. You tend to think much more carefully about what you've written. Yes. And so you go over it more times, and I yes. think that's maybe why we do it differently. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think the key point here is is that even in setting word up to help you, you have to have a mindset that you've got to make it correct. And what flows out of your fingers is not necessarily either good, that's a whole other cast, but accurate either. Exactly. Okay. All right. Keep going. Okay. So um, you can add and remove 
words from the dictionary and most people don't know this so you, so you can add words which you use a lot for example my dictionary has learned how to spell wendy and right. it doesn't now correct it and, and for those of you who don't know wendy's name is not spelled w-i-n-d-y or w-e-n-d-y which are two common spellings mm-hmm. right in fact when i use siri to say something you know text wendy i've had to tell it Wendy is W-E-N-D-I-I, because that's how Wendy spells her name, yeah. okay? Um, and you can also remove words if you want to. So one of your tricks is to remove manger, because that's so often... Yeah, I, um, I literally would type, type manger, and it would say, that word's fine. When, in yeah. fact, how many times in, uh, in 10 years do I type manger as opposed to manager, manager. right? Exactly. Yeah, so I took that one out. And we get that all the time in emails to us too. So if you take the word out, it flags Oh, people it. send us emails. And, oh, yeah. Now see, when people send me emails, I mean, if they're requesting something, I don't look, unless it's really awful, I just assume, I might, I might, I notice, but I don't, but I, I give them the credit. Of, I know oh, yeah. they meant oh, yeah. manager, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. But, um, you know. There, there are some though that are really bad or just a sentence or two that I literally can't understand. Uh, but for the most part, you're right. I, 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 I'm certainly respectful of the manger one. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, good. And then if you, if you work in an organization with a lot of acronyms or a lot of uncommon words, you know, if you're working in software and you're writing emails about certain products which have odd names or a word which is common but should be capitalized because mm-hmm. it's a product name. You can do that in your dictionary and that'll save you some work. I'll tell you something else I do, um, not so much in my dictionary, but in Word, is I uncheck the thing. There are two checks around ignore words in uppercase and ignore words with numbers in them. Because when I'm typing fast, I can inadvertently type a number in the middle of a word that oughtn't have a number. And then it, what ends up happening is it thinks, oh, that has a number in it, so I can ignore it. And I want word to check my all caps words because sometimes I put something in all caps. I ought not to most of the time. I ought to use italics or something else. But, but when I do put something in all caps, I want to make sure it's spelled correctly. And for whatever reason, they believe that if it's all caps, it is an acronym. Yeah. And so therefore, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be in the spell checker. Um, and for a long time, that was a mistake that I made. And it ignored words with numbers. And I was literally typing, like for instance, at, if I wanted to put at in something, mm-hmm. If I didn't hit the shift key just right, I'd hit the number two. And I'd have a long email address with a two in the middle of it, which it didn't flag because it had a number in it Mm -hmm. and it was dumb. So So it's all about looking at those settings and making them work for you. Yeah. And and I I would actually say, say it differently. I think if you're a young person starting your career, you should, we recommend you set the settings on a way that will avoid it passing anything that might be wrong. Mm-hmm. I think there are too many people who set it up so that, oh, sure, I'll let it do all that stuff for me. When in fact, you ought to not let it do as much as possible so that you will find things that are in error. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay, good. And then once you've, once you've printed your document, once you've created your document, you can uh, click a box that shows says, show all non-printing characters. It looks like a P backwards right. on your menu bar. It's a paragraph menu mark. Bar. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's, that shows up the spaces. It shows a dot as a space between words. It shows paragraph marks and tabs and so on. And it can be really helpful, like, if you're looking... If there's a sentence that doesn't look quite right, like it's spaced a bit funny, it probably means you've got an extra space in right. there. Right, which, when it goes through a different email processor, when it goes through a different word processor, when it, when, it go, when, it, when it gets put into a resume or some other scanning thing, it can completely mess it up. Yeah. yeah. 
And and if if you've got something that's not displaying quite right, it's it's usually in the returns and paragraphs. So right. you can now, look there. We're we're not talking specifically about mail here, and we certainly wouldn't recommend you use mail as your word editor. I'm sorry. Your, you wouldn't use mail. Word is your mail editor. Um, but I have found that a lot of people set it up so that it, it highlights a word that's wrong. Or they say, I'm, I want you to check it on the fly. And then they hit send. And I've actually set it up not, not so that it corrects things and I can hit send. But I have to check spelling. Mm-hmm. It checks spelling automatically at the end so that I don't send with spelling errors. Now, I've recognized recently that I think I've autocorrected things. I have things that are autocorrected that are wrong, um, and I have to go through there. But but what we're talking about here, folks, applies to any word processing, which would include mail processing mm-hmm. software that you use. If you send emails with errors in them, you might think your bosses, your vice president, your EVP or something is being silly that she doesn't recognize that Texting tendencies and, and IM tendencies and Blackberry tendencies are creeping into regular desktop mail that they ought to know that that's just modern, youthful uh, verbiage or usage. You might wish that. We don't. We think you can't spell. We think you don't know proper grammar. And we think that proper grammar matters. And we think that proper spelling matters. And we worry about if you're going to send us mails like that, whether or not a PowerPoint might, in fact, be wrong. And there are plenty of people who don't realize that they put all kinds of things into their word processing software that they don't then put into their editing software for PowerPoint. And suddenly you've got a problem where a word shows up as being fine when, in fact, it's not. And, and it's even, on the slide. That's even worse. It's on the slide, right? Yeah. And there's 20 and, people looking at it. And we're going to talk later about having somebody else check your stuff. I'll tell you the simplest thing in the world. The idea that you're sending a draft to your boss and so therefore there can be errors in it. When you say draft and boss, what that means is we recommend you draft it and then you correct it and then you give it to your boss. But your boss, we, we don't recommend you send stuff to your boss that has inaccuracies, incorrectness in it. It's simple. And if you do, don't expect your boss to say, oh, he's smart. Or say, oh, it's fine because he's fast. Because, I don't know, I find a lot of people who are slow who send me stuff with errors. Okay, go on. What about don't letting it check, not letting it check grammar? Yeah, so I don't let uh, word check grammar. It's pretty good with the spelling, but grammar is so context and conversation specific. And it's also very specific to what you're writing. So there's a different kind of grammar that you would use perhaps in an email to a PR than you would in an all hands bulletin that's going to go out to 3000 people. Right. Um, And, and because I know the logic isn't as good word tends to flag things, which are all right. Right. Um, So, for instance, like we, we've just started a sentence with but, and since I'm talking, that's fine. But you and I both often start sentences with but and yes. and. And grammatically, it's not correct unless it's a subordinate clause, and then there's a comma, right. and then there's the rest of the clause. Yeah, actually, I've been, I, one of my goals this year was to read Strunk and White, mm-hmm. the famous, famous grammar and uh, uh, punctuation proofreading book. And um, Strunk and White talk about that, but they also say... That if you really know the language, you can violate that exactly. stuff. And of course, that's the rule I apply. Well, I know the <laughs> English language quite well. Um, but yes, I, I actually get frustrated with the grammar checker. And turn, I, a couple of years ago, I turned it off in part because 
it would make suggestions that were just ludicrous. That were wrong. Right? Yeah, that, yeah. Well, they weren't wrong. They were trying to correct it into proper usage. Uh, and yet, there are times when you're violating a proper usage and your message is more clear by violating the yeah. usage. Okay. For instance, I always use which instead of that. So I would say... Oh, and which the, or that the, is a classical. The yeah. table which yeah. instead of the table that. Well, actually, both words are equally valid. Right. But word flags it every time. And, right. and so what I would say, folks, is if you're... You know, uh, um, we recommend you don't let it check grammar. But if you're just starting your career and you don't write well, it wouldn't hurt for you to learn what it is in words grammar checker that it notices. I, I find it appalling that there are still people who don't know the differences between it's and it's with an apostrophe. Um, unless it's ownership, you don't include an apostrophe unless it is. And I'm amazed that people don't know that. I mean, I'm just shocked. I know yeah. it, but I get it wrong all yeah. the time. Yeah. Well, it's one of my struggles. Yeah. Okay. So, so word underlines uh, sentences which aren't correct in, and uh, it underlines in green. And it is still worth looking at them just to make sure. Sometimes I double type a word. So I'll have yeah. like two ands in the sentence or two twos. And sometimes they're right and sometimes they're not. So I do right. double check what it's flagged just in case. Right. Okay. So then the third. Reading backwards. Uh, this is my favorite. Reading no one does this anymore. This is my trick to good proofreading. You start from the end of the document and word, read, word, read word for word, paragraph for paragraph until you get back to the beginning. Now, you don't have to do this on a long document. You can do it paragraph by paragraph. And when I've written a document, when I've typed a document, I have found it's enormously helpful for me, don't ask me why, to print the document and then read it by hand. Yeah, now, there are people who, say, there will people who say, well, I don't have time for that. Folks, I got to tell you something. I'm, I'm shocked at that. Again, we go back to the whole, I don't have time for stuff. Well, okay, send whatever crap you have that has errors in it to your boss. I don't, I'm, but I'm not going to help you when your boss says, yeah, he's really not a detail conscious person. I wouldn't want to put him in front of the VP because the, the EVP is a really tough guy. I'm amazed. People say, well, I don't have time. And I write more than almost anyone I know. I write every week, pages and pages and pages of stuff. And I have time to do it. And I print the stuff out and I read it and I check it. And I find that printing something out and reading it on the printed page is very different from reading my own work. And I'll tell you something else. Um, I also find that reading it a long time after I wrote it, in much the same way in interviewing series, one of the things we recommend to people, um, folks, if you don't know, we have an interviewing series, a product of a podcast that teaches you how to get ready for interviewing. It's very highly regarded. And one of the things we talk about in there is a way to get prepared uh, is to audio tape and videotape yourself, but never audio tape yourself and then immediately listen because the answer is still in your head. Never videotape yourself on Saturday night and then watch it right away. Wait until Sunday morning when all those answers have left your head and you're going to be watching with a fresh mindset or listening with a fresh, uh, fresh set of ears. In the same way, I'll write a podcast and I'll print it out and the next day I'll read it mm -hmm. and I'll be, oh my gosh, oh, oh my gosh. And reading backwards is helpful to me. The reason I recommend reading backwards, folks, for, first of all, it used to be the way before we had spell checkers that you would check for misspelled words. They, they don't stand out when you're reading in the flow of a sentence. But when you read it backwards, it doesn't look like a word because you're looking at each individual word. Um, many of you have probably seen the internet phenomenon where they, uh, there are thousands of emails out there. People send you uh, an email that has a bunch of text in it where all the letters and the words are scrambled. But if the first and last letter are correct and all the other words are in there and they're not too long, 
you contextually can figure it out. We're trying to get rid of all context. And so what I'm suggesting is you read backwards because nowadays so much of what we write at work includes so much jargon that word doesn't know is right or not. And you may have auto-corrected it. You may have spell-checked it and, and inadvertently got it wrong. Printing it out and reading it on paper and reading it backwards to get the word correct to notice that's not a word, even though word didn't find it as being an error, is incredibly powerful. Now, you've actually taken the time in this show note to, to put together uh, something from Wikipedia, as I understand mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. So I'm, uh, you want me to read this backwards? Uh, yeah. This... Do you want me to read it forward or backwards? This part forwards and then the, the sentence that's wrong yeah. backwards. Okay, so let me read. Uh, this is uh, from Wikipedia, from the U.S. Constitution. By the way, this is... Um, in light of the fact that we're recording this on the day that the president is being inaugurated, <laughs> it was a good um, choice. which is a wonderful, it's nice to have uh, a peaceful change of power. We've been doing it for 250 years in this country. Well done. Um, and yeah, yes, a true Brit looking down their nose in our 250 years of history um, in the blink of an eye. The Constitution of the United States is the supreme law of the United States of America. The first three articles of the Constitution establish the rules and separate powers of the three branches of the federal government. A legislature, the bicameral Congress, and boy, everyone gets that wrong. They call Congress the House. They call the House of Representatives the Congress, and it's actually Congress is the House and Senate. Um, but if you want to tick off a senator, call him congressman. <laughs> uh, an executive branch led by the president and a federal judiciary headed by the Supreme Court, period. Now, we read that first sentence backwards, Okay. America of states united the of law supreme the are <laughs> there's the error states united the of constitution the and by the way folks in the show notes and those of your licensees will have the show notes of course they're free to licensees they're not available to non-licensees that's actually written forward that's <laughs> typed out forward and I had to write it backwards because I had to read it backwards because that's the whole point. You're looking at each word in order to find whether it's correctly spelled or not. Now, in fact, in this case, all the words are correctly spelled, but there's a word that's out of place, are versus is, um, and it becomes obvious, for me anyway, mm-hmm. reading it backwards. Now, the other thing you can do is enable text-to-speech on your computer. Um, listening to your text engages a different part of your brain. Now, I think with all of this, people are saying, well, that's overkill. And I, I, we've gotten so, it used to be 20 years ago, 30 years ago, folks, when I was younger, um, you wouldn't write something unless it was somewhat important. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't put it into a typewriter and spend time typing it and so on unless it was important. We've gotten much, the bar has lowered about things that are written. Uh, although now with legalities being the way they are, mm-hmm. uh, th- th- there are times when, I say to people, I'm not going to talk to you about this on email. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? A manager calls and says, I'm thinking about firing somebody. Or actually, he sends me an email. I'm thinking about firing somebody. I said, you understand You understand how dumb that is, right? And I said, why don't you call me? And the guy writes back, why would I want to call you about this problem? You just, And I'm not going to call him, right? Anyway, um, so folks, the barrier that you have to get over to write something these days is trivial. You can do it with your opposable thumbs. The problem with that is that doesn't necessarily lead to high quality. Um, I suspect there are errors in the thousands and thousands of pages of documents, but compared to the average manager or professional in our world today, 
all of the show notes. I'd be happy to put them up against the standard and see how we come out versus the standard. We may not be Six Sigma, but we're pretty close. Close. And it's because we bust our tail on proofreading. Mm -hmm. Okay? All right. Next thing is choosing a time and place. Yeah. So you said um, once you've written the document to have a rest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait some time. In my case, it's not just have some time and rest. It's be somewhere else and sit somewhere different. And and literally what I'll do is I'll write two or three of your show notes and I'll read them on the plane. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a completely different environment. Or I'll move from my desk chair, my fabulous Aeron chair in my office, to my leather armchair in my office where I sit and think or where people come in to do one-on-ones. And it completely changes it for me. So, so the, reason, the reason that we're trying to change environment or give ourselves a rest and, and just let our brain do something else in between is because proofreading is really brain intensive. Mm-hmm. So one of the things your brain does for you is fill in gaps and correct things Literally. for you. Literally. It, it, it paints in mm-hmm. the missing parts exactly. to help you because it knows the context, exactly. right? Yeah, your brain is a pattern-seeking creature and correct sentences are a pattern. And if a part of it is missing and it wants to help you, it'll paint in the just, pattern. It'll just fill it in there yep. for you. Yep. And so your brain is desperately trying to, to send you the message, I know you haven't got time for this, so I'm Let helping help you. you. Yeah. Yes, I'm helping you. And what you're trying to do is get over that signal. Yes. And that signal is a really powerful one. So Really powerful. Try reading backwards. The first few times you, you do, it, do it, you'll start, writing, you'll start reading forward again and then say, wait a minute, that all makes sense to me. Why am I not reading backwards? You can't read a five-page. Most of you listening right now could not read a five-page document backwards from the last word to the first without literally suddenly going forward yeah. again. Yeah, because your brain says, look, they're just sentence. Let me read it to <laughs> Let you. Let me help you. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, so you need a minimum of distractions. If you can get it, total silence. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, for people that work in cube farms, go to the cafeteria, go right. outside, go to your car if it's a really important document. Yeah. Take it home Agreed. and read it in the morning. Right. Um, I think a table is useful because I find it easier that I'm not resting on my rather curvy knees and I don't drop pages right. and things. So I mm-hmm. usually use a table, but you don't have to. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, in all my briefcases, I have a hard backing thing. You've seen mm-hmm. I've cut up a piece of metal, a piece of aluminum as a back, and it's always there. When I'm reading, I have something behind the thing, um, the, the pieces of paper I'm holding. So that I have something to write on because to read, unless I'm reading strictly for pleasure, in which case it's probably a book on my Kindle on my iPad, uh, um, I, I want to be able to write and I find, I'm the same way as you. I don't want to write on my leg. I don't want to write on the arm of the, the airplane, airplane seat or what have you. Okay. okay. And the other trick is to proofread at the best time of day for you. So if yeah. you're a morning person, if your brain works best after your first cup of coffee, do it yeah. then. If you're a person who doesn't feel like you get going until tea time, then do it then. Yeah. Uh, in general, I think we've probably reached the limit where most people are going, I can't believe they're suggesting all this proofreading <laughs> stuff. Why would they possibly do it? Why is it, important? you know, uh, I'm doing email, I'm going, I'm a pretty smart guy, right? And, and, and we're just going to tell you guys, we don't have time. We have too many podcasts to put out. The reason we're doing this is the amount of stuff we get with errors in it. Apparently, everyone's lost the willingness or ability to proofread. So for those of you who are willing, we're going to make you able with this podcast. And we hope that more of you would be willing. And if you don't care, then that's fine. Send us emails with errors in it and we'll judge you accordingly. <laughs> Okay, so a couple of common mistakes that people make. Uh, so yeah. I, what I do is I proofread my document. I read the whole thing looking for spelling and grammar errors. And then I go back and look for these 
these things. So I and, did and, the, and before we started, you said, I can't believe you read backwards. This is where I find <laughs> open parent, closed parent, right? Yeah. Quotation. If I see one quotation mark, I look for the other one. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. so Often I use long dashes rather, rather than commas for, for subordinate clauses in the middle of a sentence. And if I only have one dash, I read the one. sentence forward to look for the other one. Now, sometimes you don't need it. There are actually places where a single dash would be fine, an M dash rather than an N dash. But I still look for it. I go back through it just to double check because I'm so used to doing two long dashes. Okay. Yeah. So every, so every every open bracket should have a closed bracket. Every open speech mark should have a closed speech mark. Right. And I find it easier not to try and look for those things at the same time as reading text. Exactly, right. So if I'm looking at a resume, for example, and I'm looking to see if there's a, a period at the end of sentences, then I'll look just for the periods, and I won't try and read the text at the same time. So do one review for comprehension and then another one for punctuation. And I'll give a year-long license to the person who writes in or who writes to, to us at Customer Service at Managerals, the first person to write in, and to tell me the one case off the top of my head that I'm thinking of right now where you wouldn't have an open and closed quote uh, in, in equal number pairs. There is a certain grammatical use of quotations where you would not have a okay. close, close quote with an open quote in, in equal number. Okay. Um, and then the other way, to, missing words is another common thing. So, um, and again, it's if you read the text out loud, literally with your finger on the line, like a five-year-old, because if you don't, your brain will go, oh, well, look, there's a missing word. I'm, I'm just going to fill it, it in right for in you. Yep. But, but if you read a, something about watching your finger, gives your brain something else to do, and then it doesn't miss the words. It's yeah, and you will busy. find it's very hard. It's very hard to keep your finger on the words. <laughs> You'll literally suddenly just start reading right past your finger. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Good. And then the last um, hint we have is... Um, Find someone to help you. I, I do this with resumes all the time. I tell people, give it to somebody and say, please, can you read this? Not for content, but for, for comprehension. Yeah. Like, I don't want your comments on whether or not this is a good resume. I want your comments on whether or not it's it makes correct. sense. Yeah. Because when you give someone a resume, they always want to give you your, their opinion. Well, they want to read it for context. They want exactly. to learn what's on the page rather than looking for, is there a period at the end of every line? Or why is there a period at the end of one line, but not at the other ones? Are the same things bolded? Is the, is the formatting the same? Yes, to some degree. I just have to put this in there. There's a little bit of blind leading the blind there, mm -hmm. right? I mean, a bad, somebody's bad resume, they'll have somebody else, or, you know, two people in college. Mm -hmm who aren't English majors are like, yeah, that's fine. I don't see any errors. Yeah, that's because you don't know what to look for. We should probably put out a cast of the top 20 grammatical or punctuation errors. I, don't, I, I, I just went through the resume workbook the other day, which we sell. It's mm -hmm. 20, 29? 29.95, I think. Yeah, so a little less than 30 bucks. How many pages is it? Like 80? 50? 50. 50 pages. Um, I, don't, I don't remember anything there of every single thing we look for periods and quotes and italics mm. but we ought to probably do a cast and say if nothing else hand this cast or hand these guidance this guidance to your friend and your resume and say look for these you things look for these things yeah because yeah. they'll spend all day finding mistakes <laughs> but yes asking someone else yeah and being specific about what you want them to look for is yeah. helpful i always give my stuff to my dad and then he comes back and says i don't think this is right you're talking rubbish i'm that's not what I asked you to do. Yeah. Um, but I think your dad says that to me too, right? You're talking rubbish all the Yeah, stupid American. Um, that said, I inevitably believe what I have is finally correct before I give it to somebody else. 
and they inevitably oh, find errors. Yeah, they always find errors. Like, we get emails every week from from someone finding, and it's like one error in yeah. you know one error in the interview series, which has right. got what I don't know three hundred well, pages or something. Well, well, when Mattel interviewed, we she bought the interview series, and I said, "Do you have any questions at the end of my first interview?" And she says, "No, but I have a suggestion. <laughs> there are three errors, three typos." I thought it was interesting that she found three, exactly three. They're not four. They're not two. Um, and she was right, of course. <laughs> of yeah. course. Yeah. So, Good. Yeah. Good. So, give us a quick overview. Okay. So, the things we've said are set up Word to, he- set up word to help you. Yeah. Don't let it check your grammar unless you're very new and you need the help in grammar checking. Right. Read backwards. Yes. Carefully choose a time and place to proofread. Right. Look for common mistakes. Yep. And find someone to help you. Good. Because the quality of your work often boils down to whether or not the writing that you do is correct according to standards. And if it's not correct, don't expect people to give the same weight to your idea that they would have had it have been correct. Yeah. And the other reason we have in here for being good at proofreading is if you get known to be good at proofreading... Um, other people give you their documents to read, to proofread. And that means your boss or your boss's peers. And you start to get to know what kind of documents are floating around in the organization. And that can be really helpful to you. Competitive value. Mm-hmm. Good. Well done. Thanks. Okay, bye, everyone. Bye.